Madonna has once again found herself at the centre of the world's attention. Only this time, it was not part of some carefully planned reinvention. Instead, many were talking about the sudden change in her appearance at the Grammys, with some questioning whether she'd gone too far with plastic surgery. From one photo of her face, Madonna sparked a fierce online storm about ageism and the idea of ageing gracefully. But is this current backlash towards Madonna really ageism? What do people actually mean when they talk about ageing gracefully? And do women become invisible once they turn 45? So Lisa, I've known you a long time now and I'm very well aware that you're a huge Madonna (laughs) fan. Why don't you tell us all about that? Yeah, I'm sat here in my blonde ambition outfit with the headset and everything. So yeah, I I think I, you know, I've listened back to some of our episodes and I've tried to fit her into every episode. And I think that, well, yeah, she's just one of my earliest memories, you know, dancing to Material Girl, True Blue, Get Into The Groove. Um, You know, her music has literally been the soundtrack to my life. It's quite Mm. hard to sum up 40 years of being her fan. Um, And I think, you know, to me, Madonna's about female empowerment, working hard, pursuing your dreams and sort of being yourself and and definitely not being repressed. So as you well know, she's faced an absolute backlash recently. Um, She found herself in a recent storm regarding her face because she turned up at the Grammys and that was on the 6th of February 2023. And the photos of her went viral because she just looked so, (laughs) so different. I'm assuming you've seen the photos. What did you think of the photos? I mean, you know, I've been following her on Instagram for years and sort of sending you screenshots of her yeah. and trying to make sense of the kind of some of the content she makes. And I think that what's quite jarring with her is that she posts these more and more filtered pictures. And then when you see her like on Jimmy Fallon, when she was sort of on his show last year, it's mm. quite um, a jarring experience. But that picture of her at the Grammys was truly shocking. Yeah, it was quite unrecognisable. Mm. And and you're definitely not alone in feeling that way. There are a lot of reactions online to this photo and they range from confusion such as um, if they didn't announce that was Madonna, I'd have no idea who this person presenting at the Grammys was. And then it went to obviously full out snark and there were some quite mean memes that compared her to unfavorable things as a joke. So, for example, people on Twitter compared her photo to the toy from the Saw franchise Mm-hmm. And there was another one um, with a photo and a quote saying, did the Ghostbuster get Madonna back into the painting at the end of the Grammys? I mean, that's too much. <laughs> but the mean memes weren't everything. It also brought up a lot of other emotions too, didn't it? I mean, I can imagine for you as well. Yeah. And I mean, I've been following all the fans comments for years and looking at those top comments on Instagram. And I think there's, you know, generally a sort of sadness in the comments and sort of Mm. pleading with her. Actually, someone said on Twitter, I always admired and respected Madonna, but what she's done to herself, her face makes me so sad that we live in a world and a society where a strong, badass woman felt that she had to do this to herself to be relevant and to be seen. And I think what's really hard for the fans is, I mean, she's been hated and criticised and very polarising her entire career. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's, she's made a career on shock value. But yeah. she was never a joke. Never a joke. Never. Seeing her become one and being treated like that as she gets older must be quite heartbreaking for the fans who've, who've put her on a pedestal. She's their, their idol. That has to be very painful. It is actually quite painful because, you know, and I I agree with this comment that I found, you know, she looked great. What she's done to her face is like a form of vandalism. There was nothing wrong with her former face to begin with. And Mm. I think that a lot of people, we saw her ageing during her 40s and and she sort of looked semi-natural, maybe just with a little bit of work. But, you know, what you're seeing now is, is so radically different. Yeah, yeah. 
But there were also a lot of people defending her. Um, I don't know if there were fans or just other people as well. Yeah. So, for example, on Twitter, someone said, to everyone dragging Madonna for being unrecognizable, sit the hell down. If she had shown up with no Botox filler or work, looking her real age, you all would have dragged her for that too. Let her do her thing and continue to be the queen of the revamp and check your misogyny. And they do have a point on that because it has been quite a mean reaction as well from a lot of people. Very, very mean. And it's hard sometimes to read these comments because you do like think there's a lot of people that maybe are new to her and who she is. Maybe they don't have that perspective of like being a fan for since the start of her mm. career and they think this is just who she is you know and um, but this being madonna she's not going to take this lying down and she hit no. back with an instagram post you know a few days later and she said and i'm just going to shorten this down because it's a long post she said instead of focusing on what i said in my speech which was about giving thanks for the fearlessness of artists like sam and kim many people chose to only talk about the close-up photos of me taken with a long lens camera by a press photographer that would distort anyone's face once again, I'm caught in the glare of ageism and misogyny that permeates the world we live in, a world that refuses to celebrate women past the age of 45 and feels the need to punish her if she continues to be strong-willed, hardworking and adventurous. I have never apologised for any of the creative choices I've made, nor the way I've looked or dressed, and I'm not going to start. I've been degraded by the media since the beginning of my career, but I understand that this is all a test. I'm happy to do the trailblazing so that all the women behind me can have an easier time in the years to come. In the words of Beyonce, you won't break my soul. I look forward to many more years of subversive behaviour, pushing boundaries, standing up to the patriarchy, and most of all, enjoying my life. So bow down, bitches. <laughs> well, that's my queen. <laughs> She's going to fight yeah. back. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's so much to potentially unpack in this this post. And I think some of the main points are, you know, she has a point. People are focusing on what she looks like rather than what she says. And that's something that women face on a on a daily basis. Uh, and it's a sad reflection on on our priorities in a way. But then she backtracks by blaming the camera lens. But then she goes on after that to say that she'll never apologize for her creative choices and how she looks. Mm. And what's quite interesting about that is it feels like by blaming the camera lens, is she not in some ways apologizing or or, or making it an excuse? Um, for me, if she'd stuck with the focusing on what she looks like rather than she says, I could have been completely behind that. And no, no one should have to apologize for the choices they make and how they look. I also agree with that. But I think what hit a lot of people was the, the camera lens mm -hmm. uh, comment. Mm. And and what what did you think of the 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 post? Well, this is absolutely on brand Madonna, and I expected nothing less. You know, she's lived most of her life, you know, in absolutely the white heat of fame, and faced a tremendous amount of criticism in her life. I remember in the early nineties, you know, she released this song called Human Nature, had an incredible video to go along with it, and in res it was in response to her critics with the lyrics, "I'm breaking all the rules I didn't make. I'm not your bitch. Don't hang your shit on me. I'm not sorry." And like I said, she's always been defiant in the face of what she calls her repressors. Of course, she will fight back. She will. And she always has done. But unfortunately, I don't think she's shut down the comments with that post. Mm. It has spawned many, many articles, including in the Daily Mail, where everyone was comparing her to beautiful examples of aging gracefully. Mm. And I think that's the phrase that's always associated with this kind of topic. I mean, the Daily Mail did an entire article on listing women who've done it better. Helen Mirren, Viola Davis, Jamie Lee Curtis, Andy McDowell, Emma Thompson. 
And in some ways, it's great that people are wanting to promote and praise women who look their age and to be promoting older women as beautiful, which they are. But in this particular case, it very much feels like pitting women against women. I mean, Mm. we're lifting certain women up, but only in order to tear another one down. It's a very comparative approach. And that, for me, there's something a bit off about that that I don't like. Mm. People didn't agree that it was misogyny or ageism in this particular case. So, for example, there was one um, comment on her Instagram that said, yep, I knew she was going to cry misogyny. Um, No, it's not. We all had the same reaction when we saw what Kenny Rogers, Burt Reynolds, Mickey Rourke and Michael Jackson did to their faces. Yes, it's her business to disfigure herself. But just like she's always voiced not so kind, borderline, cruel opinions of people throughout her career, people can voice their opinions about her. It's her hypocrisy that bothers me. I can't believe I idolized her. I mean, wow. And that's such a good point. And, you know, growing up in the 80s, I almost forgot how fixated people were on Michael Jackson and his plastic surgery. And he was a butt of like a lot of jokes. He was constantly talking about his skin colour changing. Mm. And I think we forget how much he was literally the face of plastic surgery. Absolutely. And I think, you know, whenever a star male or female comes out looking very noticeably different, it's going to be commented on. We all have eyes. You know, (laughs) so I'm not sure how misogynistic it is specifically in terms of just noticing a big difference. I think there's misogyny in other places. Um, But also similarly with Michael Jackson, he never really admitted to it. or He certainly didn't admit to the skin bleaching. He claimed he had vitiligo. So I think it it does seem to exacerbate the problem and keep the story going Mm. when people are very like, no, no, this is just my face. I don't know. You know, it's almost like (laughs) people don't like the hypocrisy of you're saying one thing, doing another, and you're calling us idiots. Whether people should care if you've had plastic surgery is a whole different question to being bothered that someone's claiming they haven't had it when they most likely have. Mm. And for example, people also uh, refuted the accusation of ageism. Um, There was a comment that said, I don't understand this. If you were against ageism, why are you having so much work done to look younger? Showing older women it's not okay to have wrinkles. If you had no work done and people slated your look, then yes, that would be ageism. This is not. And as I said, I think the main objections do seem to be that she was noticeably, noticeably different. And I mean, it's it's fairly obvious that she's had plastic surgery at that point, but she was claiming it was due to a photo angle. And I think that triggers a lot of reactions. You know, it's like, oh, come on, do you really expect us to believe that? How stupid do you think we are? Yeah. And I found some comments about this on Reddit, you know, The way she looked has nothing to do with the photographer. It has to do with her not photoshopping and adding filters before publishing. Well, exactly. And and that's another theme of the backlash that I've already brought in with Michael Jackson. But people really don't like it when celebrities won't admit that they've had work done or lie about it. Because I think it's fine to, in a way, if someone asks you, have you had a facelift? You don't owe anyone an explanation on your body choices. You shouldn't have to disclose them if you don't want to. And in an ideal world, I suppose, people wouldn't be commenting on bodies at all. But there's a big difference to if someone asks you that question and you go, well, you know what? I don't think it's anyone's business. So no comment. I'm not going to talk about it. To deliberately denying plastic surgery, but also selling themselves as a, as a product, as a beauty standard. 
And that's where the discrepancy comes in, I think. Mm. Like we were talking about in the fat shaming episode of, of people claiming to have lost weight in one way, but actually yeah. they did it another way. It's the hypocrisy and it's the illusion. Yeah. And the thing is, it was quite remarkable as she came out on Instagram, I think it was just last week, admitted to plastic surgery and she posted a photo saying, look how cute I am now that the swelling from my surgery has gone down. And I have to say that's a big thing for her because I've never known her to admit having worked on on her face. And, you know, some people commented on this and said, the problem is most celebrities are doing it for years before people notice. Some might even get praise for how good they still look for their age, while they still have a few small things done. And I think it messes with anyone's head. And I think it can cause them to get addicted to more extreme surgeries as they get older. And and one of the, just a little aside, one of the comments I also read said, it's really difficult once you start this process, um, it's actually hard to reverse it and get back to your natural face. And if you gain weight, it can really change the texture of the fillers, etc. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, um, I think I heard Catherine Ryan say, once you start on Botox, you can't stop. <laughs> You've just got to keep going. I can see what she's saying, you know. But as with Catherine Ryan, she's always been very open about all the plastic surgery she's had. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's completely her choice. But even if you don't agree that the current reaction to her Grammys look is ageism, it's still sort of like, well, would you classify it body shaming, face shaming her, right? I would definitely call it body shaming. I mean, any time that you are judging someone's body openly, because we all can't help the thoughts that we have, um, but calling them out in a way that's quite demeaning, that is a form of body shaming. And especially the, the focus being on that rather than anything else. And there were people who pointed this out, for example, Michelle Ellman, who's a life coach and author. Um, she put on Twitter, body shaming someone for plastic surgery is no different to body shaming someone for aging. Body shame is body shame. And people who get plastic surgery are a product of a system that convinces them they need it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after all, Madonna is in the entertainment industry. And I can imagine she has a lot of pressure to stay, you know, looking young and desirable. But there's a fine line between maintenance and completely changing yourself. And, you know, I found this comment and I thought it was brilliant. It says, Madonna isn't free, full stop. She's trapped in a version of herself. She's trying too hard and it shows. Uh, I mean, I think that's so interesting because it's like the previous comment said, it happens by degrees. It's like a frog in water. I imagine you do little tweaks and you talk about people getting addicted to surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to a point where you... you you don't even notice how far you've gone. I mean, she's always been the queen of reinvention. But I suppose what it brings me to is has she evolved? Because those are two very different things. Yeah, that's a huge question. Um, whether she's evolved. That's really hard to say. I mean, she's always taken risks, right? And she's experimented. And I think that's what's kept mm. her interesting and her music great. Um, but do you remember her Ray of Light era? I do. In fact, I think I had the I had the CD, and and then it was a beautiful. She had the lo this long sort of more honey oh, blonde hair on the cover, yeah. and she was presenting herself as much more uh, mature, and it was very spiritual. And um, she was a mother at this time, and yeah. she even sang about her past addiction to fame and how she was now moving through that into a more mature phase. Yeah, and it definitely seemed like she was saying goodbye to the 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 spunky eighties nineties cone bra um <laughs> uh, you know uh bottle fellatio madonna um 
And, and it was very, very successful critically and commercially at the time. It was. It was a huge comeback for her a little bit. She had a sort of lull in the mid 90s. And, and so, you know, I say that because I, I like you just so well put, I felt like that sassy rebel Madonna had gone, you know, mm. and then she married Guy Ritchie. She sort of mellowed out, became a bit of an English lady living in a manor house. And then when she divorced Guy Ritchie, she sort of later said she felt like a caged animal during this period. So, you know, it's, it's a bit strange. I sort of have always struggled a little bit with who Madonna is, but I think she found it hard to navigate those years after she divorced Guy Ritchie. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember when the, the song Hung Up came out in 2005 and she was dancing in a pink leotard. And, and I mean, I don't think she had a single ounce of fat on her body. She was like no. very toned. But she was 47 at the time and people were, were making fun of her then saying, put it away, granny. And this must have been incredibly hard for her because that, I would have said, was definitely ageism. Why can't she wear a leotard and dance around? But yeah. she was now being pitted against the likes of Lady Gaga and Britney. And that must have been a very difficult period for her, I imagine. Yeah. And, and I think that the one thing you can say about Madonna, she's not a has-been type of person, you know. No. We discussed it a lot before this episode. You know, she emerged from the New York underground scene and uh, she's always been surrounded by young people. We know that. The fans, you know, she, whether you watch any of her documentaries like Truth and Dare, she's always been around young dancers. And I think she just likes that energy. Mm. But I do think she struggled, like I said, to navigate the changing times and different people sort of coming for her throne. And so she did all these sort of collaborations with younger people. But someone said once that the worst thing that happened to Madonna was Instagram. And that's always stuck in my mind. And I do think of Madonna sort of pre-Instagram. I didn't really... We followed her, you know, through paparazzi shots and mm. sort of very managed sort of campaigns. But then when, once she got on Instagram, you started seeing this sort of bizarre side to her. Like I sort of thought, oh, this content was getting more and more filtered. You started seeing the plastic surgery. Um, I wasn't feeling like I was connecting to the Madonna that I'd knew, known before Instagram. So long way round, has she evolved? I'm not really sure. It's like weird because I do think like I'm curious what the ray of light Madonna would say to the current incarnation mm. of Madonna. Yeah. You know, it's it's a bit strange. It's difficult because I imagine that fame can be like a drug mm. and you need more and more of mm. it to get your fix. And for someone who has been a hardcore fame user, let's put it that way, for <laughs> her entire life, I mean, she's been hooked up you know, right, right to the veins in that in, in fame. <laughs> and as it starts to wane, mm. there must be that feeling of absolute desperation to try and hold on to it. And and her career has often, um, you know, she came out in 1984. And it was really rare to see that much overt sexuality. She built her career based on shock value, which really catapulted her. But we're now 40 years later. Yeah. What was considered shocking then is, is tame by today's standards. We have porn, the pornification of society, mainstream media, um, the music videos are practically porn these days. And you have actual celebrities on OnlyFans. So what can she do? I mean, there's, there's a point at which you've reached a plateau. I mean, how shocking can you get? And, and that must be quite a difficult place to be in. One of the things I reflected on is that Madonna's never really cashed in on the nostalgia around her. And recently, you know, she's been re-releasing her sex book. And I almost feel like she's trying to recapture maybe that excitement and energy around her in 1991. You know, she was 32 and she was at the apex of her career. She's got every right to do that. And, and as a fan, I'm going to love that. But to your point, what can she do to outshock people? I think she's sort of running out of ideas. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I think it's amazing that she's going on a world tour. Definitely. And she's... In 
in good company. Stevie Nicks is 74 and still touring. Tina Turner, who we love, she was 69 in her last tour. In 2019, Cher became the first female artist in history over the age of 70 to gross over 100 million in one concert tour. And people obviously comment on Cher's plastic surgery a lot. Oh, but it yeah. doesn't seem to be in the same way as Madonna. And I think, um, I think it's because she's been quite open. She's not pretending that she hasn't had plastic surgery. She's just saying, this is how I want to look. And that's cool. The same with Dolly Parton, who, who said this, it takes a lot of energy to look this cheap. And she's <laughs> yeah, always had a quote. lot of, yeah. you know, self humor. And I love yeah. Dolly Parton. I think the thing that jars with Madonna is that she packages herself as all about empowerment and confidence. Oh, yeah. And it jars with the behavior that seems very attention-seeking and actually coming from an insecure place, uh, uh, maybe quite a desperate place. Yeah. And like you said, she's always attached herself to youth culture. So there's something that jars there that you don't get the same feeling from Cher and Dolly Parton. Mm, exactly. And, and, you know, as someone said, you know, Madonna's earned the right to do whatever the hell she likes. I mean, we both agree on that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will say that again and again. Yeah. But it is curious because like we said, it's sort of strange because last week I read an interview with Kira Knightley and she said, you know, she's now 38. I mean, it's weird because I still think of Kira Knightley as sort of Pirates of the Caribbean age. I don't know. She's stuck in my oh, head at 23. I'll go further back. I, I think of her as Bend It Like Beckham. That's <laughs> I'll go further back and I know from The Hole, which was her first film, which was really okay. good actually. I see you and I raise you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she's now 38 and she said in a recent interview, and I like this quote, she said, change is always tricky. We're taught that it's bad. We're taught that we don't want grey hair. You've got Madonna on the one hand and we're told that's not the right thing. Then you have someone else where we're told they look better 20 years ago. So how are we culturally meant to age? Are women in the public eye allowed to age? Okay, well, let's talk about one of my all-time favourite actresses, Goldie Hawn. When we were researching mm, this, she was, yeah, she was 51 years old when she was in the First Wives Club. And, wow. you know, her character, she plays this ageing actress who gets her lips done. And she famously says, there are only three ages for women in Hollywood, babe, district attorney and driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the First Wives Club came out in 1996. I mean, we're stretching it a bit, but it's nearly 30 years ago. And I yeah. I sort of think that it's still true today. What do you think? I mean, definitely. And we were reading a report from the Centre for Ageing Better that just came out in February. And it explores the inclusion of older characters in British films between 2010 and 2022. So up to date. Mm -hmm. And what they actually found was that older characters are underrepresented in British films, uh, with only one in 10 older characters involved in major plot lines. Mm -hmm. And the language and imagery used to relate to aging and older people is overwhelmingly negative. Aging is associated with decline and ill health, and older people are commonly portrayed as frail, vulnerable and dependent. Now, on a positive note, it did show that slowly British films are coming closer to embracing the realities of life in the UK. But older women specifically are those most absent from British films. But that's quite surprising in some ways, because, you know, I'm thinking of um, maybe there's a whole genre of films they make for older people, you know, like <laughs> The Ladies in Lavender. The <laughs> Ladies <it>? in Lavender. <laughs> yeah. But you always see the same older ladies. I think it's like Vanessa Redgrave, Helen Mirren, Judi Dench, Maggie Smith. And it makes me think, where are all that sort of menopausal sort of middle-aged women you know from 45 plus like Madonna says in her post about how women sort of disappear after that age and it makes me think of Victoria Smith who writes for the Telegraph she said 
after two brief decades of being told, you go girl, suddenly it's, hang on, we didn't mean you. (laughs) And it made me think, (laughs) why are, I mean, like I said, you get the older, older women like Helen Mirren, but where are that sort of middle layer? Where are those women? Are we invisible? Well, what I think so interesting is in the Goldie Horn quote, she brought up this idea that there are very much set stages that you can be. And if you're in the driving Miss Daisy stage, then you're acceptable because you've, you're in a role in society that people understand. If you're no longer the babe, but you're not quite the driving Miss Daisy, it's like, we don't know what to do with you. You're not fulfilling a role. We can't see you as sexual. It reminds me of the discussion we had in the fat shaming episode, where if you live in a society that sees women's main role being to be sexually attractive and to reproduce, then older women within that framework, they're no longer serving the desired female purposes. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if, if they're no longer serving a purpose of being an object, I suppose, then they become invisible. We, we don't want to see them. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, it seems even like quite a lot of younger women don't want to see them because it's, they don't want to face potentially the treatment that they're going to end up being on the receiving end. So there's a, there's this uh, erasure of older women mm. or infantilization as well, make them like silly old biddies who don't have sexual drives, don't have um, complex emotions, don't have all these things, which, which is fundamentally not true. Um, and I think that's why for me, I absolutely love Grace and Frankie. I mean, I'm not in my seventies. I'm just about to turn 40, but there's something so refreshing about seeing older women as the main protagonists and it's not just that they're the main protagonists but they um they deal so distinctly with what it's like to age to be older women in the society and and it kind of takes me back to I remember watching the golden girls when I was growing up and that was actually if I think back now that was incredibly progressive you had Blanche who was constantly having sex with people (laughs) even though they're in a retirement you know the other one was very snarky it, it didn't have them as these little old biddies and, and, and it was a major show mm-hmm. in comparison to, you know, what you often see women as, which is the dowager in um, the Maggie Smith character in Downton, or they're off solving crimes on bikes um, like Murder, She Wrote. It's very, you know, you can be those. And but you, you made can't me be. think of like also, you know, like, and we'll get to this, but, you know, the idea of, like you said earlier about silly biddies, but biddy horror, you know, thinking of Joan Crawford, Bette yes. Davis, we'll cover this later. But, you know, you, you turn older women, they become like grotesque and, you know, you kind of like the, the, the you know, even like with something about Mary. Do you remember Cameron Diaz lived with the her neighbour who was like, or her, I don't know who it was, this sort of ridiculous older woman that was self-tanning and just sort of mm. the butt of all the jokes in the movie really you know this idea of this you know retired wrinkly old prune against Cameron Diaz yeah so when you've got media representations like that you know it's like <laughs> nobody wants to be getting older right no you know aging is something that everyone deals with but I think women perhaps have to confront it more in terms of the role that they get put into and this idea that they're going to become invisible but interestingly I mean I still face that stuff but I had much older parents. My dad was um, 58 when I was born. So I never had as much of a negative relationship with age in terms of, oh, I better be married by the time I'm 30 and have had a baby. I never had that sort of pressure because those weren't the role models I had around me. But I do remember as my dad got older, and we're talking about someone who has, you know, lived his life and achieved amazing things over sort of 70, 80 years, you know, in his 80s, would go into a shop 
and he would ask a question and the the shop person would reply to me as if he was an idiot mm-hmm. and and yes dementia is a real real thing and people can suffer from it but to assume that all older people are mentally incapable of understanding it's so offensive mm. and you think they've had far more experience on this earth than we have why are we treating them as if they're little children i just i've always had a bit more i feel an affinity or respect for older people because i think they've gone through so much and i've seen it firsthand and they can still do amazing things i mean my dad was up a tree at 92 so you just i i feel like they're deserving of respect yeah, absolutely. But particularly for women, there was an article on Ageist by Sherry Raddle Rosenberg. Um, she said in a recent research study by Ageist, irrelevance ranked higher than mortality in terms of things most feared. That's what gives me pause about Madonna. In a perceived attempt to stay relevant, women feel they have to make themselves unrecognizable to be seen. And that's tragic. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's a heavy quote. It is and feels really hits you hard right because i think this brings me on to something i really want to talk about that i discovered on twitter and it was called the acting your age campaign and this was fronted by um nikki clark she's a former actress and she took 20 years off to raise her children and then attempted to return to her acting afterwards um so this campaign started in 2018 she did an open letter calling for equal gender representation in the entertainment industry which was signed by more than 100 british actors and public figures and the goal was to end gendered ageism and the on-screen disparities and underrepresentation of women over the age of 45. And she did this quote. Amazing. Yeah. This isn't an attack of artist freedom, the letter states. This is highlighting that too often excluding older women is enabled through the cloak of artistic choices. She went on to say, all the middle-aged men in many of the shows that I've seen have much younger on-screen wives. And yet in my own friendship group, this isn't the case. Still on TV and in film, male actors are paired romantically with women decades younger than they are. That's always been my bugbear. You see it all the time. And it's like, Kevin Costner has a 20-year-old, but, (laughs) you know, why isn't he with Helen Mirren? I mean, he should be so lucky. (laughs) Well, yeah. actually, the nice thing with 1923, which is the Yellowstone spinoff, which Kevin Costner's in, uh, Harrison Ford is Mm. 80, and I think that Helen Mirren... Is his wife in it. So at least they didn't do a massive age oh, gap nice. there so that they look age sort of <laughs> yeah. matching there. But it is incredibly hard for women in the entertainment industry to age. And, and I'm going to read some of the recent comments I found about female celebrities who are 45 plus. You know, about Kate Beckinsale. She's now 48 years old. She is gorgeous and has not aged a day in 20 years. But I've not seen her in a hit show for years. Then... She takes constant selfies. She's a very odd woman for her age. It would be nice to see her find a better way to spend her endless free time rather than doing the exact same things teenage girls do. Mm. And then about Chrissy Brinkley, who was the original Uptown Girl. She said she is beautiful and well-preserved for 69. But then again, she has all the money and the time in the world to take care of herself. I mean, what do you think of these comments, Sarah? You know what jumps out at me is the phrase well-preserved, like they've put her in a pickle jar or something. It's it's so weird. Yeah. And, you know, that goes into all the the way it's framed so often in language, you know, winning the war against aging and aging gracefully. Very much this idea that there's a correct way to do it and a not correct way to do it. But but again, you know, they complain if you if you do too much, but but they don't expect them to do nothing. So, for example, they want her to look well-preserved. They want her to look beautiful. 
but not too much to the point that we think, oh, you've had too many nips and tucks. And that, that must be a really awkward place to be, be in. And, and in today's society, I mean, it, I think it was a problem back in the day as well, but mm. we've got the pressure of Instagram, social media. Yeah. And so much of the modern entertainment industry is driven by social media and marketing and how many followers you've got. So people who are in that industry must feel a lot of pressure, particularly if they've taken on a role like, you know, Kate Beckinsale was always the pretty... Played the sort of romantic leads, didn't she? Yeah, she was the romantic lead. So I think it must be quite hard for women, particularly who take on those roles, to age in the industry Mm. compared to people like maybe Meryl Streep, who's built a career based on, I'm a very serious actress. You know, so you can continue to do those kind of heavy, serious roles, regardless of your age. But if your role is to be the, the, you know, the sex object, there is a definite shelf life in our society for that. Mm. Mm. And there's also this idea that, you know, there's an unfairness that real women have busy lives. We can't do all the things. We can't afford all the things that they can do to look like that. And maybe if we had access to that, we'd look as good as them. Mm. And that brings me on to how in the media, the representation of how older women are supposed to age and look, it trickles down into the real world. Because ageism isn't just an issue that affects Hollywood, right? No, absolutely not. You know, and uh, one of the things we um, looked into was ageing in the workplace. And there was a new UCL study suggesting that age discrimination is rife in Britain, you know, in that one in four over 50s reports being unfairly treated in shops, restaurants and hospitals. And they reported that the victims of age discrimination are more likely to suffer health problems or develop them over time. And Louise Ansari, the Director of Communications and Influencing at the Centre for Ageing Better, said, Ageist attitudes and age discrimination does not just affect health. Older workers feel discriminated against in the job market where 14% of employees aged 50 or older think they have been turned down for a job due to their age. Yeah, and there was a comment also in the Financial Times saying, ageism is a real problem in the labour market. Often a code is used in job adverts such as 7 to 10 years experience, which basically means the company wants to recruit a 30-year-old, as it's never explained what would be wrong with 5 years or 20 years of experience. Amazed the Equal Opportunities Commission or whatever it's called these days does not look into it. The evidence is all over LinkedIn. Yeah, and I've come up against that quite a few times. Like, what does that mean when they say they just want Mm. 10 years experience? So it's like everyone has to stay at this sort of limit. (laughs) And it made me think of this career guru I used to love and follow called Penelope Trunk. She wrote this blog post for women. And, you know, it's like epic about how you should manage your career. And she said, Eventually, the age thing catches up to you. I would never have guessed in my 30s how much attention I was getting in my career just because I was young and hot. And she went on to advocate that it was really important for women to take care of themselves and get plastic surgery. And she saw it as a must-have career tool. Um, She said you will earn more money and you'll have more opportunities for mentoring. And she also said if you're between 40 to 50, fake being 10% younger and you'll face 50% less discrimination. And if you're 25 get Botox so you don't get wrinkles. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of glad I don't work in the corporate world. I know, maybe we're just like, what? (laughs) What? Uh, You know, it would never have occurred to my dad to be like, oh, I better not age because I won't be a good farmer. I mean, it would have been insanity. I mean, it's scary actually reading that because it brings up for me this internal conflict I have because on the one hand, I do believe 
in feminism. I do believe in that the, the societal standards we have shouldn't be um, adhered to, that we should be promoting new, healthier societal standards, that beauty um, in all ages, shapes and sizes and races is, is what we should be championing. Yeah. However, we also live in this world. And so there's one hand that goes, no, I'm just going to, um, you know, love myself as I am. And there's another part that goes, okay, I, I, I live in this world. I have to date as a 40-year-old. I'm going to be treated according to these standards. Do I just do whatever I want and, and blaze my own trail? Or do I make certain choices which might mitigate discrimination, which might actually mm -hmm. give me a benefit, you know? I, I have tried Botox. It's, it's such a difficult thing. And you sort of feel like you're selling out when you do it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we all want to look our best. It's such a hard line. I don't think there's an easy answer. I think that's the problem. People want to say one thing's right and one thing's wrong. But, but we are trapped by the, all these different messages and pulled in different directions. And it's quite hard to know how to navigate it. I mean, how do you, do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, I remember in my early 30s, I got a great job. And, you know, within a year, they got rid of the 250 something sort of super talented women in my team. And I always felt sorry for them. And it was all about having digital and sort of social media skills. But now I'm getting older, I found myself to be the older one in the team often. And I often look around the offices and go, where are all the 40 plus women? And maybe mm. they disappear, like in that film, Logan's Run. You know, they're all getting taken up somewhere <laughs> yeah. into a funnel. The red light starts blinking. Yes. It's like time Please out, Please move aside <laughs> for the cheaper 25-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and ageing is not something we can escape unless we die young. So it's, it's you know, I'd rather age. Yeah. Um, but, but it's something we all have to go through. But it feels like something that as women really brings up a lot of stuff. I mean, ageing for women in the public eye is such a big topic and in a way we've only scratched the surface because there's so much we could say and cover and and you know we've only got a limited amount of time and I'm sure we'll come back to this uh some of these themes again but for today Lisa what are your final thoughts on this topic so yes the trope of the aging delusional Hollywood star is nothing new Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard was 50 um baby Jane was around 54 from my online research. And Joan Crawford famously never left her house after a bad photo was taken at the age of 66. She said, my public life really ended at Johnny's book party, though I didn't know it until the next day. I had to retire Joan Crawford from public view. What was left of me could only destroy that image. I couldn't bear people saying, oh, look, she used to be Joan Crawford. I would rather stay in my home and answer my fan mail. But Madonna is refusing to hide away after one bad photo. In fact, she's going to go on a world tour. And I think we should love her for that. You know, she's outlived many of her superstar peers. And she said herself, the worst thing I did was to stick around and that to age is to sin. And yes, I think on some level, it is unsettling to watch our idols age. Um, you know, for many of us, she's part of the nostalgia for our own youth. And witnessing her age makes you question the passage of time and how we're aging and our own mortality. But I honestly think rather than sort of mock Madonna's face, we should reflect on what her actions say about our increasingly youth-obsessed online world. Let's be honest, we're under so much pressure to remain young or fade away just as we're getting into our stride. And I think with more and more women refusing to sort of disappear quietly, we can hope that one day we'll reach a point where we can value the contribution older women are making 
and stop fearing the aging process. And for me, I'm just going to leave it with a quote by Paulina Poroskova, one-time highest paid model in the world, who's talked often about how she's become invisible as she's gotten older. And she said, I believe our aging faces and bodies are not caving ceilings that need to be fixed. It's only a different kind of beauty, which is not quite accepted or seen. And for me, I hope one day it will be. Thank you to our lovely producer, Emily. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. It really does help us in reaching more people. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Straight to the Comments Podcast. Our handle is S2TC Podcast. And join us next week where we'll be diving headfirst straight to the comments. See you there. This podcast has been produced by Emily Crosby Media.